What does it mean to be a vulnerable Christian man? Walking through life weak and powerless is not what Jesus had in mind for us. It's time to fight. It's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable. We are OB, Sean, Brandon, and Shane, and this is The Uncomfortable Truth. Welcome back to The Uncomfortable Truth. <laughs> I don't have Shane's radio voice, you know. He's, he's really talented he at that. Yeah, he does, he does a great job. Uh, so, yeah, we're just uh, excited to be back here um, with uh, Chase and Mason. And uh, you want to open, open us up in prayer real yeah, quick? Yeah, I'd love to. All right. Father, we love you. And, uh, Lord, nev- never let us uh, miss how much you love us and the grace that you give us, Lord. Lord, let us never take that for uh, take advantage of that. Let us uh, be your your hands and feet. And uh, like Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, it all comes down to loving others and loving God. Let us uh, love others well and uh, all interactions through each day. Uh, thank you for this time that we have here with Chase and Mason. Lord, I pray that uh, their walk with you uh, through their experiences so far as entrepreneurs and uh, uh, serving in the military and uh, their journey so far let it uh, resonate with if it just touches one heart lord to want to know you or to want to have a relationship with you better uh, it'll be worth it lord lord thank you for this time and uh, let this be a blessing to all listening in your name we pray amen amen, amen. so uh hopping back into the next episode uh we're here with uh chase and mason and can y'all tell us just a little bit more about um y'all were going into uh the 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 Father and feed, or feed, feed and father, right? Okay, yes, tell us a little bit more about your, um, I guess, any cool experiences that y'all have had, or any cool, uh, I guess, connections that y'all have had with uh, any of the, uh, the the kids that you're mentoring. Uh, has there been any, been anything that just really stands out? Maybe um, uh, one of the one of the kids coming from a super broken home, or I mean, or, or is this like a common occurrence, weekly, week in, week out? How often are y'all meeting with these? Uh, with with these families or kids or, um, what's kind of the structure yeah, in the yeah, process? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, is we're it meeting. weekly? It's weekly. Okay. okay. Yeah. So we'll basically uh, pick them up. They love riding in the back of the truck. It's just their thing. Yeah. And then we'll take them to a property. How How old are they? They're thirteen. Okay. 13. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So that's kind of the age that y'all have settled on as being the most thirteen to eighteen. Okay. Yeah. So I was a middle school principal for ten years, so I'm very familiar with that age. So I can see the riding in the back of the truck and just having some things that are <laughs> yeah. kind of their ownership. So yep. go ahead. So what that's what's the day look like? Such an impressionable age, you know. No that's doubt. that's whenever they're really developing. Hey, who am I and what am I going to be the rest of my life? You know, um, they're super easily influenced. Yeah, and yep. if it's not going to be by a good role model, it's going to be by Snapchat or Instagram reels or just anything of the world. Yeah, rappers. Oh my goodness, that's all they do is listen to music. They, you can't get them to take the freaking earpod out. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Hey, I, I, I have a 14-year-old, so she is uh, that person, yeah. and I'm constantly having to reel her back in. I'm like, hey, uh, come in here and talk to me and your mom and, and your sisters, and, you know, I'm, it's, it's a constant th- battle. It's a battle because you're fighting them uh, for their attention, you know, and, and they want to give all their attention to their phones, you know, yeah. to their screen time and um, it's a scary thing, you know, because you don't want your, you don't want social media raising your children, no. you know? Well, they will. Yeah. Unless you monitor it as a parent. Yeah. I'm just telling y'all right now, cause yep. they're not as well versed. I mean, young millennial parents are, they, they know what's going on, but 
anyone that's in their mid forties and, and beyond, man, you have no idea how much Instagram and Snapchat are influencing your kids in the worst ways possible. Yeah. It's um it's pretty scary. I mean, really and truly. So So these kids they ha- what what does a day look like typically? So you said y'all pick them up or they're meeting you somewhere, you're going around and picking them up at a certain spot, and then you said y'all go to a property? Yep, I pick them Should up. Should we start house. with SOS? Yeah, SOS would be a good place to. Yeah, so right down the road, I mean, this, this was God sent as well. Uh, right down the road, there's a ministry called Save Our Streets. And we were leaving a, a business meeting, I think. Yes, it was Chris, uh, Chris Lawrence. He's a real estate developer in downtown Bryan. Awesome guy. He's been mentoring us for about five months. Okay. And uh, we have multiple mentors. Yep. <laughs> That's good. And they're all faith-based. Um, so we, we were leaving his, and we're like, man, we should stop by this place and stop by, talk to him, uh, talk to the secretary at the Save Our Streets Ministry and set up a meeting, came back, sat down with the fundraising director and, you know, because the financial aspect is always very important. Mm-hmm. And we just had an amazing conversation. He gave us one name, and we acted on it. And then ever since, we've been – uh, volunteering every Thursday for about an hour with all these inner city kids that come to the teens ministry for SOS. Okay. And, uh, so that's where we started building the relationships. And then, so we basically, we went up to the, the, I guess, director of teens, the guy that leads that part. And we're like, Hey, you're going to mentor us on how to, how to breach these kids and how to bring them to Christ. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, Okay, <laughs> I really didn't give him a choice or anything. Right. Like, you're gonna do this, and uh, his name's Brandon Farrell. He's an amazing guy. He has a heart for Christ. Amazing, and uh, so he started mentoring us, and we're like, "All right, so how do we do it? How do we love these kids?" And he just said, he like paused, thought about it, and goes, "Show up," and, that's, yep. and that was it. Wow, show up. <laughs> there's yeah. no, there's no crazy formula. Sure, there's no, you know, you don't have to say these certain things or all this stuff. It's just show up, show yeah. up that you love them. Because everyone in their life, all they know is abandonment. Mm. And um, so that's what we did. We show up every Thursday and we just just talk to them and be there. Yeah. There's such power in the testimony of just being present. I mean, like a lot of people don't even realize how how powerful that is. And I never really thought about it until I was watching that Sha LaBeau. Uh-huh. Or is it LaBeau? Uh, Sha LaBeouf, I think. Sha LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah, watching that interview with him and uh, and how he was he was so broken uh, in this moment uh, where and he was he was with these people that were some of the just what are considered scum of the earth, you know the uh, um, the sexual predators and and all this stuff. And he was in this rehab with these what he considered terrible people, and and he was just so broken in this moment. And this one um, this one girl. Uh, that he had been talking to basically all these people's uh, parents and all these people were showing up and this one girl showed up for him and uh, and he just starts crying and he's like you know I just didn't realize uh, you know the power of uh, basically just being present in that moment for somebody whenever they need you most and uh, it, it is such a big deal and so that's really interesting for me to hear you say hey just show up for these kids and whenever they have that presence, you know, or that father figure in their life, it is is powerful on another level. It really is, and uh, so that's pretty awesome. So, are, are these kids a part of your program, and it's kind of intertwined with the SOS program? Yes, it's kind of tag teaming it, yes. if you will. That's we got we got a lot of mentorship on nonprofits. Just uh-huh. just running a five hundred one c three, 
and every single person collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Okay. You have to be, you know, all nonprofits. It's a benevolent cause. You know, everyone needs to come together and work together and feed off each other okay. to really, because if you can fill, you know, three or four days of the week for these kids with something Christian based, mm-hmm. that's the influence they're getting. It's huge, man. So you're, you're tapping into an ecosystem around you. Yes. Which is before you guys got here, we recorded another podcast and, um, I don't know if you've ever gone through or heard of Experiencing God. If you haven't, definitely check it out. But it makes it very clear. We're teaching it in Sunday school, and I'm one of the teachers, that for us to really see God work where he's working, we're going to experience a crisis of belief where we can't fathom how it's going to happen, and he's the only one that can make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so the beauty of that is, is it's connected to other believers because all through the Word, people are working <laughs> together for his good. You know, and they're doing things that they can't comprehend. Yep. You know, so sounds like y'all have got a lot of that going on. So you got is it three or four days a week that these kids have something now that they have an opportunity to come to? It's it just is, like one yeah. to two. Okay. One to two days a week. And I mean, how many kids? Uh like five or six. Okay. Great. Five or six Great. volunteers as well. So Okay. It's a lot of Chick fil A that you gotta deliver whenever you gotta feed them for lunch and sure. And when these kids get around each other and you're not supervising them closely, they'll just start fighting. Okay. Mm. So, I mean, I'm playful fighting. Right, right sure. Right. Just goofing off, and it's like, man. It, so I didn't even explain it, but we take them, we pick them up, take them to the property, one of our properties as of right now, and uh, we're, we're teaching them like how to remodel and stuff. And okay. Just do Sweet. basic things, right? Sure. Because so, no dad to teach them, right? Sure. So they need a big brother to teach them. The end goal is to be able to take these kids to a single mother's house that has a honey do list where it's just like, hey, let's knock out these seven things right here, and I'll show you how to do all of them. And so it's helping the community by helping out a single mom. Uh, while also we're able to teach these kids an actual trade because unskilled labor, I mean, you're not going to get a good job. They're sure. Not, they're not doing good in school either. Yeah. A lot of them are filling out. They're in detention management center. They're in uh, alternative school. I mean, they're just, it's statistically, they're going to end up on the streets or, sure. or whatever. Yeah. Learning from their phone. Are they all, most of these kids have, have their own cell phones? They, they have their own cell phones, which doesn't make any sense because they don't have any money. Yeah. So who's paying the cell phone bill? Sure. Who's paying for anything, really? I mean, it's pretty much just living off of, of welfare in the meantime. But we want to teach them a trade so that way they can hopefully start their own business one day, be an entrepreneur. Or I'm not even pushing them to school or the military. It's just like, dude, do, do something where you're not dependent on somebody else. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's powerful. And, you know, there's it's such an unsaturated thing. Uh, I think there's such a massive need for what y'all are doing. I mean, uh, on another level. How does a uh, a kid find you guys like how do they become a part of what you're doing how does that work has it been just word of mouth or um been word of mouth okay they got me in a snapchat group and they just added three of their friends like hey can they work too because we pay them 10 bucks an hour so of course they want to come work sure they they want to work Uh so that that desire is there that's that's big so we need more volunteers because i'm not going to have one volunteer for three kids Mm -hmm. it's just managing you know so how what uh obviously that sounds like something we can be praying for as far as volunteers, but how are you guys approaching that so far? Like finding more volunteers. Our Bible, study. Bible study. Yeah. Bible yeah study. So every, every Tuesday we host a Bible study at our place and uh, it's grown from maybe about seven people to about 25 guys. Heck Fantastic. Yeah. That's it's, awesome. It's the Lord. Yeah. It's amazing. And uh, that's given us a huge platform to kind of mentor guys that are younger in college mm-hmm. that are, you know, 21 trying to find their purpose and then um, we've seen 
God do some amazing things. We had our first baptism wow. at our Bible study okay. about three weeks ago. All right. And, um, yeah, I just saw him answer a lot of prayers. And so those guys, I mean, it was it was pretty amazing. I Guys suck at volunteering. So <laughs> 100%. I, I totally agree with that. We are terrible. Yeah. And every, every nonprofit that we've talked to collaborating and stuff, they are all of them need men volunteers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a huge problem within the volunteering space. And, but we, we sent out a message, Hey, you know, 10 o'clock this place, um, you're just going to be talking about these things. And we had more than enough guys show up and really commit to it. So we were, were that message go to your Bible study group. Yes. Okay. All right. And in your Bible study group with these younger 20 year olds, are y'all, is it a specific thing that you're working through? Like a lesson, somebody leading it, or y'all just getting together and fellowshipping in general? How, how's that all set up? Yeah, we have a Bible study leader. Okay. And um, most of these guys are real fit, real motivated. Most of them are in school going to Texas A&M. But some of them are just uh, military veterans or, or I mean, just really anybody that we find. One of them was a real estate agent that we met on a deal. And, huh. and he was just really attracted to uh, being around other brothers in Christ. So um, right now we're going through the Book of Romans. For the last few months we've been doing that, and now we're almost done with it. But mm-hmm. then we'll start something else after that. And mm. we've had a couple, like, targeted lessons in there. One of them was about... Uh, having good fathers this uh, this past week, and we were rating our fathers on a scale of you know pretty much one to five from irresponsible all the way up to outstanding, yeah, right? And there was yeah the intentional father. You want to talk about that book, the intentional father? Yes. Okay. Uh, so another huge inspiration, I guess, is uh, John Tyson. I don't okay. know if y'all are familiar with him. Mm-mm. I feel like I've heard the name. He's a he's a renowned church planter. That's kind of his big thing. But he has a book called The Intentional Father, okay. and short read. And it, it's grown my relationship with my dad, you know, 27 years old. And I'm like writing him letters about things that he's taught me and he's calling me like crying and, you mm-hmm. know, all this, this like remarkable stuff. His dad doesn't cry. His dad <laughs> is stone cold yeah. Steve Austin's yes. bigger yeah. brother. Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah. I've seen, yes. I've worked out with Stacy. He's, uh, uh, Mason's dad. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a big man. He's a monster. Yep. Yep. But, uh. Yeah, because, you know, he was the best dad that I could ever imagine. Oh, he's always just seemed like to me just a genuinely good man. Yes. You know, from the first time I ever met him. So this book, it talks about the the pitfalls of fatherhood and how we have no rite of passage and how, you know, the faith has lost, you know, within our fathers and how we raise kids and how intentionally you have to be and all these different steps. And so our one Bible study, we just went over the whole book basically and talked hmm. about all these things, and it it's pretty wild how it starts bringing up these different emotions and how people talk about their fathers and don't realize how much impact that had. Sure. Yeah. That's huge, man. That's really good. I, I'm, I'm going to have to read that book. Yes. Yeah. And it'll encourage you to be a better father, too. I to, can imagine. To your yeah. kids that are, are pretty much already grown now, yep. uh, two of them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. There's um, um, Raising Modern Day Knights is yes. another book similar, yeah. it sounds like, and... Um, the thing that I really love about what you guys are doing that's resonating with me, because even in little bitty Elysianville, Texas, where I had two, 300 kids a year in the middle school total, um, you could almost always correlate. Um, kids are going to be kids, okay? But you could always correlate deeper struggles, and it would almost always go back to lack of fatherhood. Yes. I mean, like, wow. almost, even in Elysianville, Texas. Yeah. Almost always. And something that has really 
been impressed upon me lately that I hear you guys doing. I'm so stoked for what you're, how you are leading is that if a child can understand the love of their heavenly father, yes, then they have no, it's way easier to not get misguided and compare what love is from their lack of an earthly father, which is so powerful. Uh, because if we can get their eyes on Jesus and how he, the Lord loves us, then they have a comparison that is the comparison. Absolutely. And then everything else falls below that. Yes. And you don't have to worry about it. So that's, and that's uh, really, really powerful stuff. It, it, it truly is, you know, and I, I think back to like our prison systems. If you took like, you know, a hundred male prisoners and you, and you looked at uh, those hundred male prisoners, you start digging into their past, you would probably find that, I would venture to say like 75% of them probably had an absent father. Uh, It's got to be that high. It's got to, I mean, it's got, it's, I know it's, I've heard statistics. I don't remember all of them exactly, but it's got to be extremely high. So that goes back to just how dang important it is to, to have, uh, if, if you, if you're not, if you have an absent father, how important it is to, to have a mentor in that place, you know? Um, And uh, man, so, what you guys are doing is powerful. I mean, it really is, and I commend y'all for that. That's that's awesome. You said something earlier that really jumped out at me that has um, been really important in our entrepreneurial journeys and what we've learned. You said we have lots of mentors. So I'm gonna, I want to touch on this for anybody out there listening that is an entrepreneur or aspiring to be. A couple of things that really jumped out to me between both podcasts so far. You talked about you consumed information. And then you had a buddy that could bounce ideas off of that you already trusted. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. Okay. As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Because when we're if we want to grow in the Lord, we need to be around other men who are wanting to grow. Okay. And so the other piece that I heard though that I get all the time, because we have the opportunity to mentor younger men also going, Hey, how do I do this? Is you put you put in the work. Yes. The Lord did not give us these bodies to just be fuddy duds that sit on the couch. So you put in the work and you started using the brain God gave you to research and to understand and to ask questions and to find mentors. I think it's Zig Ziglar that said, I always forget my business partner in another company is the memory behind who said what, but he basically says you want to always honor your upline and pour into your downline. And for men, we've been consumed and convinced to believe that we do it all by ourselves and have neither. So what you're doing with these young men is you're going, hey, here's a trustworthy, dependable upline so that then they can hopefully then start realizing the power of pouring into the downline. I think it's fascinating what you said earlier that the volunteer space <laughs> needs men. And, boy, that hit me hard. Because it did me too. I was trying to think of the last time I volunteered – and I think it was when my wife signed me up. Yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. like going to the doctor. Yeah, she was like, yeah. you're doing this yeah. Saturday morning. I know when mine was, it was a youth event that uh, we I worked. That was a whole other Lord story but because uh, I wasn't planning on it. Y'all know how that goes. And um, we volunteered at a local food pantry that needs volunteers all the time. And the lady actually mentioned in passing, we hardly ever have men here. Yep. Well, let, let's talk about that for a second. Why do men not volunteer? Uh, too busy because, working because we're working to <laughs> yeah. provide for our family, which is our pretty much our number one, number two calling is to protect, right? One hundred percent. So okay, so why can you not volunteer? Because you're working a nine to five job, time that you have to be at, 
and y- you know, whenever you get off work, you're going home to get dinner and, and be with your kids. Mm-hmm. So your entire day is filled up. You're not, si- you don't, y'all, neither of y'all sit on the couch, but your heart that ain't t- happening right, ever. Not usually. But you're, this is the first time I've sat down forever, right yep. here. Yep. You know, besides yesterday when I was just yeah. in a car ride. Yep. Well, you can still be productive there. Uh, the whole point that I was getting at is that you need to have passive income in order to have the time, not just to volunteer for stuff, but to, to father your children. Mm-hmm. If you're working for a paycheck forever, you will never, you will work. If you're trading you your time for money, yep. it's a problem. Yep. It, well, you'll die. I think Warren Buffett said you'll die uh, working. Mm. You have to have money working for you in your sleep mm-hmm. in order to have the time to father your children intentionally. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's, you're going to get off. I mean, I, I love my dad. He's he's passed. But, man, this guy worked at UPS for 10, 11, 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And that's just what he did to provide. He's uneducated. Mm-hmm. It's whatever, you know. But then he would work super hard just to get off early to watch me, you know, in the last couple innings of a baseball game. Mm-hmm. He was thinking about that <coughs> all day. I got to work. I got to get my son, you know, mm-hmm. cutting the lunch break short and all this stuff. He didn't have YouTube back then to teach him how to invest passively in real mm-hmm. estate. Mm-hmm. You know, if he did, maybe maybe he would have done it. Maybe he would have been like ninety percent of people today. Oh, well, yeah, I'll do that in a few years. Mm-hmm. Act on it because yeah. every dollar that you invest right now that's going to earn you passive income later is you're buying. You're not. It's not about money. Money is just a store of energy. You are buying back time for your forty year old self, for your fifty year old self. Mm-hmm. You need that time because that is a fixed, it's a finite valuable. resource. Money, I mean, money comes and goes. You <coughs> can print it. Our government loves printing money. Don't get me started. <laughs> but you can't print time. Yeah. And you're only guaranteed, well, you're not guaranteed a single day on this earth, but you're at max 80, 85. Mm-hmm. You are only halfway done with your mm-hmm. life, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a third of the way done with my life. And that's yep. just assuming I make it to 90, right? Right. Yep. Okay, we can't print 60 more years. You need to value every single day uh, like it's your last day. But, but just understand that every every day that you're sitting on your butt, you're just watching Netflix. You're not getting better. You are not getting better. You're, you're Amen to that. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're making your future self's life yeah. harder. You're putting strain on your future marriage. Because now, you, you know, you're working an extra shift, and now you can't pay attention to your wife. Now that causes problems. Money's money's the reason for divorce. It's the number one reason for yes. divorce. It's not infidelity. It's mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you're fighting over things that you could have fixed 10 years ago had you just got your mind straight and actually acted on it. But here you are still paying rent. 35 years old. Well, and I, I think a big a big part of that, the number one question I get asked, um, no matter if they know how I was able to leave education, which was a choice. I love being a principal. Yeah. Um, is they really want to know how did you go from being a middle school principal to the life you live now, which was a drastic shift. Yeah. I was always trading time for money. Yeah. And I think it's a delicate balance as a 42-year-old with four kids. You, Not everybody is wired to be an entrepreneur. Yep, sure. But I think the valuable piece, I think Daniel, uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin wrote a book called um, Business Secrets from the Bible, and he makes a comment in there that stuck with me. He said, the Jewish people teach their communities that money is just the truest expression of a person's heart. Yeah, there you go. And it's just a conduit. Whatever power it has, we give it. So the thing I, the Lord gives us the ability, the brain, the mindset to want to learn new things. And I agree with you completely. It's a time thing. Even if you love what you do, that's a 40 hour week. Mm -hmm. 
if you had the opportunity to treat your money better through more knowledge to give you the choice to step away from reduce those hours those kind of things i think almost any man would tell you he'd choose that of course so then the next question comes to one of my favorite quotes ever jim Rohn said all men will suffer one of two pains the pain of discipline or the pain of regret that's it that's good and if you really break it down that simple in our walk with the lord i'm either going to follow him and there's going to be required discipline because i may not understand it all because that's if i did i wouldn't need faith or i'm going to shy away from it like many people in the bible did like we do as believers and i'm going to inevitably not be in his will and then i'm going to suffer the pain and regret yeah like judas regretting the 30 pieces of silver to betray Mm -hmm. the son of man but then you've got uh the verse in hebrews that says no one wants to be disciplined when it's happening to you you know that (laughs) verse oh yeah 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 but it's it's for your own benefit because a father that disciplines his child proves that he loves the child Mm -hmm. so he has to prove that he loves you by disciplining you yep i feel like the refining process is ever evolving it's non-stop um and a lot of people i've even heard people you know we pray in you know for God to refine us, you know. But there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, trials and tribulations that come with that, you know. And then the, and then they don't want to understand that they're being refined. They don't want to accept that uh, that that refinement process might always might not always be what they want, you know. Uh, it's uh, it's it's God's will, not our will, and um, it's um, it's it's a uh, it, it's interesting to see God's will manifest in your own life and what you have to go through to get to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's absolutely. Uh, it's so guys, we have really appreciated you guys being here. And I think there's enough content that we, I mean, we could have them back easy and oh, yeah. go into several things. For sure. Um, one big thing that you might would want to leave with any of our listeners that is, you know, so Sean and I are old enough almost to be your dad's closer nearly nearly okay so we know people are listening that are in their 20s so in your walk with the lord so far and what you've experienced if you had one thing that you would want to leave with anybody listening what would that thing be right now repent yeah. <laughs> you need to repent man I, these guys are just like <laughs> here it is yep. you know john three sixteen makes it very clear yes you know people like to forget the other part of that verse which means that there is a serious reckoning if yep. we don't know and have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's good. Okay, so repent. Yep. I wasn't expecting a one-word answer, but that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah that's, okay. what you, that's what he calls us to do. And when you're doing something that you know is wrong and you just spill it in your gut, you just need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want to do that anymore. Amen. Amen. All right, what about you? Turn from it. Yeah, I got two words. Okay. Just focus outward. Focus outward. Yeah, that's been the, the theme of my life probably since I turned. Uh, well, I've been volunteering my whole life, but... Every, when I look back at nine years, uh, people ask me like, oh, what was the best time? What was the best time? It's like skiing in the Switzerland Alps or, you know, doing all this crazy stuff or anything. It's like, nope, literally working at a homeless shelter in California on a Saturday morning when everyone else is like hungover mm-hmm. at, you know, 730 in the morning, giving out like toothpaste and toothbrushes mm-hmm. to these homeless guys. Mm-hmm. Like that is a key moment. And I, I've taken that with me the rest of my life. And there's no greater why, joy. Why, why was it a key moment for you? Was it because of the humbling experience 
or what was it specifically about it that made it a key moment? Yeah, because as soon as if anyone asked me, you know, what was your what was the best time you've had mm-hmm. while you've been in the Marines? Mm-hmm. You know, shooting rocket launchers, like blowing stuff up, flying helicopters, doing all this cool uh, stuff. That's, sure, that a man loves to do. Yeah, but it the first thing I think of is is volunteering at that homeless shelter right. and just seeing the joy for such a basic thing, such a basic sure. necessity, and me being able to provide that for someone. Sure, you know, and that's just and it was a Christian based organization and. With, without a doubt, that was focusing outward and not on yourself That's and your awesome. own personal gratification is just... That's it. awesome. I, I don't have my bracelet on today, but I always wear an I Am Second bracelet. Yes. Because I, I believe wholeheartedly that that's the way we need to, no matter what we uh, have accomplished or, you know, you talk about all the things you've done in the military and how a lot of people are like, wow, I want to shoot a rocket launcher <laughs> or whatever, you know, whatever it may be, you know... Y- you have a lot more accomplishments than that, or whether it's to, to own a bunch of real estate or whatever. Um, it's not about that. You know, it's not about these things that how the world, you know, perceives uh, success or, um, or these things to be so awesome and cool. It's about God. You know, it's about placing others before ourselves. It's about bringing other people, you know, um, uh, value, you know, and, and, and witnessing to them and telling them about the Lord and telling them, you know, Hey, about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and how it's important to uh, to repent in that moment and uh, and and turn from your um, your broken ways, and and how it can be life changing. And uh, so that's that's pretty awesome, man. Really cool. So, anything else? Yeah. Well, guys, uh, we appreciate you, man. We really, we really do. do. I mean, uh, and we we'd, we'd love to have you back on, and uh, and and we can you know maybe talk more uh, about you know, spreading the word and, and what yeah. you are doing even more. And then uh, maybe we can have you back on six months or something. I think that would be super awesome. And uh, we appreciate everything you're doing, everything you're doing. It's kingdom work. Yes. And uh, it's pretty special. So uh, to all of our listeners out there, uh, help us get out the word uh, and like, uh, smash that uh, subscribe button. And uh, we appreciate your your time and uh, go kick the day in the face.